0: Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie.
1: And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch.
0: Hey, Sarah, guess what we've got today? What? What? <laughs> We have, it's been a long time since we've done an episode on like a wine region-ish. Right. More specifically? It has been. So today we've got New York, New
1: York. Yeah. I mean, not really like New York City, New York, but like, yeah, New York, babe. And you know, I've never had New York wine. I know you have, yeah. but I have not. Not a ton, but so. this is, we, and this is a Keb Franc. This is.
0: I've only had Riesling, so. Okay,
1: well, then it's going to be a ride for us both, I suppose. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit
1: about this here
0: bottle that you got? Yeah,
1: so I got this part of my, one of my wine clubs, so I figured why not, since I haven't had New York wine before.
0: I'm surprised that they actually had that and gave it away as part of a
1: wine club. Yeah. Because I feel
0: like we don't see a bunch of New York wines here. No, we really
1: don't. Especially Cab Franc. yeah. Exactly. But I did look it up on the website. It's about $20. Okay. Um, it is called Dr. Constantine Franck. Doctor. Doctor. Uh, which we'll get into his background. <laughs> um, but it's a 2016 Cabernet Franc, and uh, it's 13.3% ABV. I'm going to pop this baby open. Um I did see on their website that they did get 89 points on this from Wine Enthusiast and Wine Advocate. All right. If you're into the points.
0: If you're um, into the points, if that's your bag.
1: Yeah. But it is 100% Cab Franc.
0: I mean, you know that I do love Cab Franc.
1: I know you do. I know you do. Um, and I did read that you can drink it now or sell it till 2024. So um, we're just having a little bit of issue here. But... <laughs> little <laughs> technical <laughs> difficulties this
0: i mean i watched sean open up a bottle of wine the other day with one of those where like the the arms come up on oh the side, yeah you yeah know. yeah i hate but, those but wine the openers. Thing, i agree but the thing is like he was holding the arms down while he was twisting it in he oh, he's that's... like how does this work and i was like you're an you're an idiot that's not, <laughs> like, not how it the works. arms move up so you push down there we go nice okay so dr constantine frank
1: is it Franc or Frank? I, I, mean, have I don't no know. Idea. I just You're, thought it's, it's probably Franc. Because well, I it's just thought European. Cabernet Franc. We're going to call it oh.
0: Franc. <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm with you. I'm here for that. I'm totally here for that. It's kind of light. I mean, let's see. Yeah, I mean, well, Cab Franc is not like, it is the parent to Cab somewhere. Yeah. Well, let's cheers to a new wine region. Oh, it's, I mean, it smells good. Cheers. I could smell it from like a, in between the two of us. Yeah,
1: it's very fragrant. I'm getting the oak a little bit, so it, it is um it's aged 18 months in two to four year old French oak. So oh. I mean, it, it's, there's no new oak on it's this, not but I new, do feel yeah. like do you smell that. Like I feel like I, I do smell, actually, but like a little. I smell some vanilla, <laughs> but that could just
0: be like part of like the nature of the wines from that terroir from that area Um, again I haven't ever had a Cab Franc from there I mean it's also perhaps symbolic of of the grape itself which tends to be a bit more um, what's the word my words have been failing me Uh, it tends to be be a bit more like spice oriented I think I'm getting a little spice on here actually I'm getting like red fruits on the nose a bit
1: yeah, there's definitely, I just took my first tip. There's definitely spice at like the very end of it.
0: It's kind of acidic, right? Yeah. Okay. I think I have a bug in my glass too. Oh no. one just flew in there. That's oh, you okay. guys, see, this is what
1: happens with COVID and recording outside. <laughs> we get some extra protein. I totally forgot I have those things that like you can cover your glasses. Oh, that yes. That have like the vents. So my it, mom like... has those. Yeah. I need to get, yeah, I
0: need yeah. To get some of those. I should keep them in my bag for every time I come over. All right. <laughs> So, Constantine, we'll just call yeah. him. we'll go on a first name basis here. Yeah, so. He came over in the 60s and brought over, planted the first actual vinifera vines in the area.
1: Yeah, so he actually arrived in 1951. Oh, 50s? Holy yeah. crap. Uh, he's from, at the time, USSR, which is now Ukraine, was where he was from. Um, and he is, he's a PhD in, in viticulture. Oh yeah, so that's where the doctor comes from, and he actually—not <laughs> medical, no. He was—he arrived in New York City, and then he moved upstate to take a position at Cornell University. Okay. He actually was one of the founding fathers of Finger Lakes wine region, which we'll talk a little bit about what is that. Yes, we What, is, what Finger Lakes wine region is, but um, Doctor. Dr. Frank or you know Frank or Frank or. or whatever you want to call him. Uh, <laughs> he felt that the reason that the vines in the Finger Lakes region weren't working is because not the cold climate because everyone knows it's cold in upstate New York. Uh-huh. But they didn't have the proper rootstock. Which I mean the whole North America
0: area and Europe realized that mm-hmm. and realized that they had to graft, right? Mhm. That's why well, first they started trying to find hybrids and crosses and things like that, and then they decided to do this grafting thing, taking Vinifera, which is like I'm gonna I'm gonna say arguably the yummy grapes for winemaking. Yep. Took vinifera and then actually grafted it or kind of put it on top of a rootstock or the base and roots of a a different type, so Vitis labrusca, which is like co- what Concord grape is. Yeah, uh, your table grapes. I've got some right here. Yeah, <laughs> still yet to make the the wine. Yep, it's the right syrup wine. Here. Yeah, but yeah, so that is incredible. Um, yeah, so he, he actually
1: found that. a fellow winemaker in the area, Charles Fournier, who's a French champagne maker, and he was president of Gold Seal Vineyards. So. Dr. Frank actually found him and told him he was trying to, you know, grow these European Vinifera grape varieties. Mm -hmm. And they kind of collaborated. And then in 1962, he founded Vinifera Wine Cellars, which earned a reputation for its Rieslings at the time. Not surprising. Yeah. And then this Charles guy also got into the is the one who was doing sparkling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Chuck, Charles, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So if you, if you look up, if you just Google Finger Lakes Wine Region, you're going to find Dr. Constantine Frank. Yeah. Um, The winery is still in the family. His son, Willie. That's such a weird name. Willie (laughs) has been... He continued everything into the late 1980s. He, he made uh, sparkling wine there using the Method Champenoise. Am I saying that right? Method Champenoise? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, which is the one of the classic ways to make French Champagne. It's an expensive way, too. Okay. I mean, that, yeah. Okay. And then there is the cousin, Eric Volz, who's now the vineyard manager. And then Willie's son Frederick Frank took over the leadership in 1993. And they also have another brand called Salmon Run, Mm -hmm. um, which is in the it's in honor of the landlocked salmon lake. Yeah, they've earned a bunch of medals, and then they, you know, hopefully they're planning on turning it over to Megan Frank, who would be fourth generation. So it continues to be in the family. They're some of the oldest vineyards in the United States, and they don't produce as many grapes, but the quality yields more complex wines. So, they also have discovered that Northern European grape varieties are the best for the region. So, Riesling, Gewürztraminer, Pinot Noir, and then Gruner. God, I can never Grunewald say this. Liener. Thank you. Those are the <laughs> ones they value the most. But we're not drinking any of those. We're drinking Cap Franc. So, uh, yeah. So... Oh, I mean, what do we know about the Finger Lakes wine region? Well, I mean, first of all, like when you think of like U.S. wine, you think California,
0: California, Oregon, Washington. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it, right?
1: Michigan's got a little.
0: Yeah, but like when you like, if the first thing that comes to it's mind is California. Yeah. But the interesting thing is that New York is actually the third largest producer of wine in the U.S. as of 2016. I think that Washington has actually edged out New York. Um, I found this from Windows on the World um, book, which is a really interesting book uh, by this dude, Kevin Zraeli. Yeah. Um, Lots of great information. And it, like, takes you through, like, wine tastings with every chapter. But Anyway, also as of 2016, there were 316 wineries in New York and nine AVA's. And that's, like, compared to California's, like, well over 100 AVA's. Wow. hmm So, um, and thousands of wineries. So this, I mean, it's substantial considering the size of New York, But the interesting thing is that everybody always thinks of New York as like New York City, and that's the place to go. Yeah. But really, the wine regions are kind of spread out. There is like Long Island, right, southeast of New York City, uh, really popular for wine there. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a common AVA, uh, Long Island AVA, and two subs. But... North of that, there's the Hudson River Valley, which certainly sounds familiar because of New York City. There are more upstate. And then, if you go to the west, is where you find the Finger Lakes. Okay. And it's so interesting because it's centered around shockingly five lakes that look like fingers. (laughs) primarily around two lakes so there's these two sub avas seneca lake and cayuga lake okay Okay. no idea if that's actually how you pronounce these things i wish i would have consulted someone from new york but um (laughs) they um these two sub avas account for 85 percent of new york's production of wine wow it which yeah is incredible and so that this area, the Finger Lakes, is very interesting because it this is where we get to, like you said before, similar climate to Europe, to Germany, and that's why we see a lot of the same varietals: Riesling, Gewürztraminer, like you said, Grüner Veltliner. Although they, that may be more um, uh, Austria, but you tend to see more of those similar climates, and some of that is in part due to those lakes which were formed by glaciers uh, so, so many years ago. So, yeah, I think um, that is a unique feature. I wish I would have gone there on my last trip, like my drive Uh, out to New York.
1: Yeah. I mean, that would have been cool. Um, Traveling with two small children and a sister who doesn't drink that much. um, Look at lens. That
0: um, makes it harder. Makes it challenging.
1: Well, you talked about Seneca. So this wine is 70% from Seneca, 25% from the Kuka Estate, and 5% from the Vols Vineyard. I don't know if I'm saying any of that right, I, but. I got I got nothing better. Yeah. And you know, you talked about the glaciers. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting, because you can actually see all these lakes from a lot of the vineyards. And so they say during the winter, <laughs> the cold air drains naturally from these sloping vineyards into the lake. And then in the spring, the cool air bathes the vines. Mm, sounds so nice. I know, <laughs> and it delays the start of the growing season, so that the shoots aren't injured by the frost. Mm-hmm. And then in the there fall, is a real
0: thing of exploding vines. That's that like happens. I feel like you need to elaborate. Like because the ground freezes and they just like explode. Like, the roots, it freezes all the way up. All the water that's, like, stored up. I think we talked about this in our ice wine episode. Yeah, I think we did. Um, yeah. It sounds like a Jason Bourne movie or
1: something. That okay, Sorry, go ahead. I don't know. Exploding vines. <laughs> Sorry, I got sidetracked. Um, oh, so then in the fall, they have... The lakes that are warmed by the sun prevent early frosts and extend into the growing season. So that's the whole thing with the Finger yeah. Lakes region. Um, so, I kind of want to like offshoot here a little bit. All right. Offshoot, shoots, wine shoots. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You're um, going. You're going. It's it's a tangent, it's but a tangent. let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I do have a couple things I was going to talk about this wine. But first, can we talk about what's going on in New York? Because I feel like all eyes are on New York right now. And let's talk about it. Yeah. What in particular is... I mean, have you been listening to the news? Because I am, like, floored at what's going on there. This is
0: going to sound really ignorant, but I don't watch the news a lot. Yeah, I don't either.
1: I get my news from, like, Google and all sorts of things. Uh Uh-huh. But, okay. So first, let's (laughs) talk about... Their quarantine rules. Oh. Do you know about them?
0: I mean, I know that they're somewhat outrageous, in my opinion. Uh-huh. But I, I the thing is, okay. So let's go back.
1: <clears throat> I think New York is still a hot spot. So I believe that they, that their COVID rates now are less than 1%. I've been reading that they that their percentage rates are so low now, and that's why they don't they're instricting the strict quarantine is because they don't want them to they don't want to become a hotbed again. Uh uh-huh. So they're I mean quarant- that's fair. Yeah. They have a fourteen day quarantine enforced when traveling from these restricted states. There's thirty five states on the list. Okay, that's ridiculous. I mean, thirty five states. like, I'm sorry, that's like every state,
0: right? Yeah. I mean, I know that it's not, but like still, I that's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Like Wisconsin is one of the states. Wisconsin is one of the states for Illinois too. Yeah. I know. Oh. And so And so the thing is is that they're going to enforce this. Sarah, can we pause for a second yeah. on just New
0: York and in
1: general how are they going to enforce that? Okay, so the mayor just said, like I think this was a few days ago that they were going to enforce it in hotels and Airbnbs with like a required form. Basically, when people check in, they're going to have like the hotels are going to have to have this form filled out about where they're from and d- if they come from one of those restricted states, they have to enforce this 14-day quarantine or it's a misdemeanor.
0: Wait, so a misdemeanor if they violate if they don't stay for 14 days? If they violate the quarantine. But what happens if your trip is only
1: I then a don't few go days? to New York.
0: I mean, I have so many questions. I know I sound like a horrible person when it comes well, to well, Massachusetts this quarantine has something thing. similar. Well, I I know that there's a 14 day quarantine. Illinois has the same thing, and but I'm just like, but how are you gonna enforce it? And here, okay, we can we can carry forward, and I can do my comment off of the misdemeanor.
1: I I don't know. I know Massachusetts also has a form. Like there's some exceptions, like if you're traveling for like a medical reason or I think there's a couple other exceptions, but like, yeah. Or, but Massachusetts allows you to have a COVID test negative within 72 hours of arrival. Allows you or requires you? No. So like either you, so you have to fill out this form for Massachusetts Uh huh. and in the form you either have to say that you're... You've, you either have to show that you've done a COVID test in the past 72 hours and it's negative or that you're planning on quarantining for 14 days when you get there or that you've done a test and it's still pending and you're planning on quarantining until the results have, you know, have come back and it's negative, assuming it's negative. Right. So and then there's a couple exceptions, but like most of the time, that's what you need to do. So that's Massachusetts. Whether or not they're like actually like calling it a misdemeanor or like enforcing it, that I don't know. Okay. But this mayor the mayor of New York City just came out saying all of this.
0: Can we Okay.
1: And you know Gov- Governor Cuomo's been on the news like ever since all this. He's kind of been like the guy, right? I do like his voice. I'm not sure why, but I like <laughs> the way he talks. Um But anyways, so that's part of what's going on in New York. It's a little crazy considering, considering how much people travel for work. Yes. For New York. So, like, is that going to happen or not? I don't know.
0: Well, you obviously can't. Like, you literally cannot travel to and from. Yeah. And I, I am so perplexed. I'm, I'm so perplexed. There, I have some other questions. <sighs> this is the thing. I feel like all this shit just leads to more questions. Yeah. And uh, to me, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm sure that I have different opinions than many people.
1: Uh, well, I in mean, in the world right now, I'm sure you can voice those. This is a, this is a DVP safe space. But if you're not comfortable voicing that, that's fine too. Because I do have something else to talk about about new york city well let's
0: please because my my additional follow-up comment on this whole misdemeanor thing for violating a 14-day quarantine if you come to an airbnb or hotel in new york is very much piggybacking off of this next piece that you wanted to raise so let's go there let's go there
1: all right so let's talk about what's happening with the homeless situation in new york city and the hotel situation yeah and i'm here just to state the facts And then we can take it from there. But here are the facts. The facts are that there's 139 hotels that are housing about 13,000 homeless people for shelter and for social distancing. So when COVID came about, they decided that they were going to do this because they wanted these people sheltered, but also because they wanted them to maintain social distance to prevent the spread of COVID. All right. Well, this is these like this is happening all over the city including the upper west side where you know there's like a lot of wealthier people. Mm-hmm. Um now because they're housing these people in these areas, uh-huh there's no actual like no one's watching them. So there's a lot of things happening like using drugs in the streets. Um being inebriated publicly, public intoxication, yep. love it. And then there's several I, mean, I don't s- really <laughs> sex offenders that are in these hotels by schools by where young people live. So that's scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would beg the question: Who's paying for this, and and how much does it cost? What well, What do you think?
0: Well, I think that this whole misdemeanor thing is going to be paying for the cost of that. Because I think that New York has figured out that it is expensive. Because how much is
1: it a day? What did you, somebody somebody okay. was quoted as saying. So this is how much it is, if anyone's wondering. 175 per day per person, or 350 a day for housing two people in a room. Okay, when you go on vacation, how much do you spend for two people in one room? Like, three fifty. What does yeah, this include? I mean... Well,
0: so, okay, so that is my other question about this is, is that covering board? And is that also food? covering food? I don't know. And what about housekeeping? How do things get cleaned? Because if they're confined to their rooms...
1: I don't know. It's, well, but well, I guess they're not. If you go a hotel, they clean your room, right? No, no, I know.
0: But, like, if, if they're all confined to their rooms... Oh, yeah. How are they going into clean? I don't know I I just so many questions but yeah and so um, what the rumor right is this a rumor or is this confirmed?
1: I'm pretty sure it's confirmed
0: that the Department of Homeland Security yeah is footing the bill for this or yeah. is handling the funds rather uh-huh and so basically again, if this has been going on since March or even April, If we're being, I think I'm not sure if it was
1: March or April. Regardless,
0: we're talking about, like, four months. Okay. Four months for how many? More than 10,000?
1: 13,000 people.
0: 13,000 people. Yeah. Times 175. I can't do math that fast, but basically, that's a shit ton of money.
1: Okay. And here's the other thing. I don't think this comes with any services. Like, I don't think they're helping these people. Like, I don't think it's rehab or, like... Anything that to provide any sort of constructive services that these people actually need. That I could get on board with, but I don't think that that's happening. I
0: don't so. think that there are resources to do that. Right.
1: And so you have people now who live in like Manhattan's Upper West Side. And they're t- they're scared. They're terrified. Um, <laughs> they, you know, they don't know what to do because there's a lot of... <laughs> Sex offenders, like I said, you know, when people have kids, you if you're if you're going for a run and you see needles and like people just like od you know, it's just it's like it's he scary, wants to be right? heard.
0: <laughs> he wants
1: to be heard. Uh, so if everyone wants to know, our newest <laughs> member of DBP, Sir Winston, oh now you're quiet. The Scottish Terrier is very interested in talking to the microphone.
0: <laughs> the microphone, the computer.
1: There you, go. there you go. And I think he wants wine, too. He probably does. He did does. drink beer over the weekend, so. Oh.
0: You did? Oh, my goodness. You're not old enough.
1: Yep. So, anyways, <laughs> as we were saying, um, yeah, all these people are like, you know, they're interviewing people and they're freaking mm-hmm. out. I mean, I-, I would be, too. Yeah. I,
0: And I don't think that it's anything to do with any other fact except like there's very unsafe things happening and that have been brought to the community. I mean, I would say, and this is maybe where people disagree, but like people move to certain areas, communities for reasons like safety. Right. And I think that that is something that can't be overlooked, especially when we're talking about families. Yes. And so this just seems like a very poorly thought out decision. Yeah. And again, thinking like, okay, so look at what you started. Not to say that, again, people like we shouldn't be trying or the the community shouldn't be trying to, like, reduce the spread. Right. Mm -hmm. Flatten the Mm -hmm. curve, what have you. But the thing is, I just don't understand. I don't think that it's like worth spending however much money. I really need to do math. One seventy-five times thirteen thousand. Even if it were ten thousand, we're talking a hundred and seventy No, one million seven hundred fifty thousand dollars per day. Yeah, is that that can't be
1: right? No, I think it, I think it is. I mean, I'm doing the math in my head, but like I'm pretty sure that's what it is. That is
0: appalling. That is. Where does that money, guys, 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 guys? Money does not grow on trees. Oh, you cannot just print money.
1: Here, okay, so that's another conversation. That's another conversation because I'm pretty sure that's what we're doing in this no, country. No, no, that is what we're doing. Yeah.
0: But everyone thinks that that is like the end-all, be-all solution. Guys, guess what? That's not. No, that's I mean, ruining that's the economy. Common
1: econ inflation. I yeah. think I learned that in econ, econ 101.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. Bring it back to your misdemeanor thing. That is their solution to finding the funds to help support this you might be right. action.
1: You might be right.
0: This has resulted in people trying to relocate and move. In, in fact, move out of New York. Move yeah. upstate, maybe to the Finger Lakes out west. Maybe north to maybe like Albany-ish. Maybe out of state totally. But maybe out of state totally. And I, you know, I know of a handful of people who've already done that and are looking to do that. Well, because so,
1: I'm sure taxes are going to go up. I mean...
0: Well, the taxes are going to go up, but I think it it isn't just like... I don't think the only factor here is COVID or any of the factors related to what is happening here. I think it is almost a long time coming. And when you think about affordability, New York's cost of living has just continued to go up and it's, it's really high. And what you pay for an apartment, it like, you can't, you can't buy a home. Right. (laughs) Um, Or and and apartments, you just don't have the space. And if you have something that's well within, you know, like your regular means, you're probably going to have like a ridiculous commute or something like that. So I think a lot of people are maybe taking this time. Maybe it's something they've been thinking about for a while. And this is just sort of the icing on the cake. You know, this is like the the last thing that they needed to kind of edge them out and and make them make them really want to relocate um the other thing i think a lot of people used to live in new york because you said before like a bunch of jobs bunch of um (laughs) uh, like so many meetings and employers and things like that but now that everything's gone remote is there really a need to be in the offices is there a need to live in new
1: york I don't know. I mean, I I would I would argue that people love the, you know, love being like New Yorkers are very proud of being in Oh, New I think York, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so like I, but is that going to go away with all this? It's it's I don't know.
0: I, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I think there's still there's still a pride, right? Like there's still a pride uh, I think wherever anybody is like originally from or where they where they called home for a significant amount of time. And so I think it's going to be, it's one of those things that people, I'm sure, will still look fondly upon. Mm -hmm. But I think that, yeah, I mean, this is, we are seeing a greater, um, greater departure um, of many people who've spent a significant amount of time Uh, in New
1: York. Some people would say it's an exodus. Uh,
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah. I don't know. But anyways, that's what's going on. That's some, that's just a taste of what's happening. So if you're interested, I would... uh, I would say kind of do some looking into it, or if you're from New York, hey, let us know what's actually happening.
0: Yeah, and if you're looking for a little taste of New York, I mean,
1: look no further than <laughs> Dr. Constance. I know, I know. So, uh, the, so just going back to the wine here, I'm getting a little cranberry. Yeah, so that's what I was um, picking up before. I mean, with the
0: the high acidity, I feel like it was, it's like Thanksgiving. Yeah like would complement thanksgiving pretty well.
1: Well, so they suggest for their food pairings, they suggest stuffed bell peppers, pork tenderloin, okay. ribs, roast beef, ribs, and chocolate fondue. It's a very specific type of chocolate. So, I really chocolate fondue. Yeah. I'm just
0: I don't know that this wine would pair well in my opinion. I feel like it's still a little light and it's it's a little too tart. I mean, I guess it depends what kind of chocolate fondue.
1: It's interesting because it does say that this is lighter than the previous vintage. Ah, okay. Well, Um, Because 2016 was one of the hottest and sunniest and driest they can remember. Um, So their yields were lower, but the grapes expressed greater concentration. So I don't know why why it's lighter because that doesn't really make sense to me. Well, the color would come from the skins. I mean...
0: Based on what they described, so they destem stem and everything, and they only use, like, used oak, uh, neutral oak. I mean, that's what it—it's interesting, because— But I think—my point being, I think they want to limit the amount of tannins, because maybe the skins just don't—they give off, like, I don't know, like, bitterness instead of rounding out, yeah. you know, and, like, providing more depth yeah. from, from tannins. So that could be why it's still light, despite what they said about their growing season. Yeah, um because it was kind of their way to to really balance like what was going on.
1: Yeah, that could be it. That could be it, but but I do get spice on here. I mean, I th- I Okay, I'll be honest, it's better than what I expected for New York.
0: Ah, uh, see, and I even came into this thinking I was like, I bet this is going to be a decent wine. Okay. See, I didn't come into <laughs> this thinking that. Well, I think I was giving it the benefit of the doubt because I was actually pleasantly surprised with the cab franc from the ice wine episode a while back yeah
1: that is true
0: and i i mean i actually could have drank more of no that that stuff was good yeah
1: Yeah. so (sighs) new york new york man i'm 1st i'm gonna say i would do this over a new york riesling okay now i've never had a new york riesling so i can't i can't compare but yeah it's not
0: i don't know i even had one that claimed it was dry uh. Or someone, like, and it said it on the label and the person selling it to me said it was dry. This was in New York, by the way. Mm-hmm. It was not dry by any stretch of the imagination. It was not dry. And so I think that I, I struggle with that. Not to say that there aren't ones that are done well. I'm actually interested in trying other ones from Constantine Frank uh-huh. because just it, it seems that coming from Europe, the goal was to actually like create European wines here mm-hmm. in New York, mm-hmm. and so I think there it might be a little bit more because um, I can't even remember where those wines were from that I had the two Rieslings, mm-hmm. but I would bet you that they this would be higher quality from Constantine Frank. Okay, so I would I would definitely give it another try. I'm not I'm not like totally poo pooing the idea of entertaining more New York wines, but.
1: I'm not either. I mean, I would definitely, I I don't think I'll go searching for it, but uh, I'm open to trying it. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. So, yeah, this was, this was more of, this was a pleasant surprise (laughs) from what I expected, so. (laughs) Well, with that, you might have been hearing um, Winston chewing along here, (laughs) he's enjoying his, he's enjoying crackers with us for, you know, wine and cheese and crackers, so. He wants
0: to be part of it. He does. He really yeah. always wants to be
1: part of the party. So, I know. But with that, we will say cheers. Cheers and good night. Good night.
0: Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com, And don't forget to follow us on Instagram
1: at DBP Cheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dvpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers from the girls of DBP.